Hey everyone, welcome to Just Michelle Talking. It's me, Michelle, and all I'm going to be doing today is talking. Not much else, really. Hopefully today I'm not going to do any crying. I did that a couple of episodes back, and I feel like <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be doing that too often. Sometimes I can help it, though. Emotions get the better of me, and off I go. I used to, side note here, I used to really resent the fact that I was so super emotional about so many things, and in the end I thought, you know what, that's not a bad thing. To feel the feels is not a bad thing. I'd rather be a highly emotive person, which means, of course, that you love and you feel positive emotion with great energy, right? It does, of course, mean the lows are low too, but in retrospect, I think I'm kind of happy that I'm an emotional person. I think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So today I want to talk about something else that I am, which is a great decision maker. And I have had loads of people say to me over time, how do you do that? Like, how do you make choices so quickly? I am not a prevaricator. I'm not somebody who like sits around going, hmm, I don't marinate on things terribly often. I rarely, rarely if ever need to ponder on something for days and days and days. And the funny thing, I find that if I am pondering on something for days and days, it's often because I've already made the decision. I'm just too afraid to admit what that decision is to myself. And I will say that sometimes I think I'm a little too good at being a decision maker because later on, I won't say I regret it, but I think, oh man, I probably should have like thought about that a little bit more or explored the options a little bit more. And I also, by the way, in addition to making decisions very quickly, I also fall in love really easily with people, with places, with things, with events, with food. I am like a big proponent of just love the shit out of stuff. And then I usually binge on it entirely. And then I get kind of sick of those things. (laughs) And then I wonder, like, how did I get stuck obsessed with this thing? And why isn't this thing awesome anymore? Because once I am in, I am all in. Be that green smoothies, like 100-day challenges, deciding to go somewhere or to do something or to say something to someone. I literally go from, that sounds like a great idea, to suddenly becoming a complete evangelist about that thing and obsessing over it. But I I will say that I've also learned that I can fall out of love with stuff and I can undecision make really quickly. And again, this is something that I do with great speed. And once I am done, I am really done. I live my life at great intensity. I I think I have two speeds. I have like high speed or dead and like nothing in between. But I always look back at those things And I don't have any regrets. Instead, I think of them with fondness. You know, I remember that time that I was totally into those green smoothies. Oh, yeah, that was like kind of fun. But I don't necessarily have a real desire to go back to it. Because like I said, once I'm done, I'm done. That's it. There have been things that I revisit in life. Of course, like everybody else. Like in the last episode, I talked about revisiting weight loss 50,000 times, right? But I have learned that I have become very good at making quick decisions falling in love, falling out of them. And I've become very good at unmaking decisions. And in the main, it served me really well in life. I have to say that I think being a fast and good decision maker has actually been a major plus in my life, not a minus. And in fact, I actually get really annoyed by people who kind of ponder a lot and can't decide on stuff. Nothing annoys me more than someone who is a waffler. 
it drives me crazy when people are crap at making decisions and when they have to talk about it over and over. What should I do? What should I do? I just want to smack them and be like, can you just do something? Because this is really annoying listening to you wondering. Or worse, people who don't wonder but just do nothing. Like they're just paralyzed by this. And I realize, look, to, be, to choose the kindness version here, I do realize that sometimes people struggle with decision-making because of anxiety or mental health issues. So I'm leaving those people out of that equation. I'm very kind to those people. But normal, everyday people who don't have mental health issues and are just wafflers, I'm like, can, can you just stop? Like, seriously. So in the hopes that telling you a little bit about how I became a good decision-maker makes you become a good decision-maker and therefore not a waffler in my life... I will say that I don't think that I was born this way. I think it's something I learned how to do over time. And I think that there are two main reasons why I've become a great, fast decision maker. And so in today's episode, I'm going to share those two reasons, which I think have really helped me to become a lot more decisive in my life and a lot more positive about moving forward with things. And to a degree, it's also helped with procrastination. So the first of these, I guess we would call them philosophies. The first of these philosophies is that I know for sure that the vast majority of decisions in our lives are reversible. You know, we like to think of things in absolutes. We like to think there's no turning back. We like to think about how this one thing will affect our lives forever. We give so much more weight who are day-to-day decisions than they actually deserve. Now, of course, there are some things which are far-reaching and which will define the course of our lives more than others, but those things are actually fairly few. In reality, we make decisions, they have some impact, and then we make more decisions or different decisions, and those also have impact, big, little, medium, and life carries on. Very rarely are things as big or life-changing or absolute as we think they are. We give so much weight to things that simply don't deserve it. Life decisions to me are kind of more like playing a game of Trivial Pursuit, where it's never really just one roll of the dice which determines the game, particularly in Trivial Pursuit, which, by the way, is the board game from hell and goes on for all eternity. Same thing with Monopoly. At each roll of the dice, you get to decide which direction you're going to go in. It's specific to Trivial Pursuit. Do you get to go right or left or up through the pie? And then are you going to pick pink or are you going to pick green? You know, what color are you going to pick? And then your answer to the question you end up with determines whether or not you get to keep playing or if you get to stay there a while, stuck with that decision. And if that decision you made really sucks and you regret it, well, okay, then you wait for your turn and then you roll again. And again, you make a whole new series of decisions to make you progress through the game. Same was true in Monopoly, right? You move forward so many pieces. Do you buy that property? Do you not buy that property? And so on. So life is very much like a game in that way, in that it's a whole big, long series of small decisions, which ultimately don't really make that much of a difference in the great balance of things, right? Now, of course, you can't always unmake a decision. You can sometimes, but you can't always unmake a decision. But what you can do is make new decisions which reverse those original choices. Now, this applies to little stuff as well as big stuff. 
So let's say you go to dinner and you order something at a restaurant and it arrives and you don't really like it that much. Doesn't suit you, wasn't what was described, smells funky, whatever. So at this point, you have several choices. You keep it and eat it grudgingly, which personally I'm not doing that because I'm using my hard-earned money to buy food. I want it to be what I want it to be. Or you send it back altogether and just be like, you know what, never mind, I won't have anything. Or you order a second dish and give the first one to your kid or your partner or whatever. So small example, restaurant, but you can change decision tax, right? If you're unhappy in your job, you can stay in it and suffer. That's one decision. You can look for something new. That's another decision. There's multiple ways that you can go. But what I think we don't realize is that we get totally paralyzed by this fear of making the wrong decision. And so we delay and we delay and we delay making the decision in the first place. And by the way, we don't even acknowledge that that delay is also a decision, right? And then once we finally, finally make that decision and we're not happy with it, we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up about it for whatever reason. And again, we get paralyzed by the fear of unmaking it or making a new decision that will take us back to the start. It's almost like we think to ourselves, well, damn, man, I made my bed and now I have to lie in it. But the reality of it is you can get out of bed right? You can change the sheets. You can choose to have one leg sticking out of the covers. You can choose to stay in bed a little longer and invite somebody to join you. Like there is a lot of options here. None of us is as powerless as we think we are. And very few of our decisions carry as much weight as we give them. I remember not that long ago reading a story about a woman who bought her dream house and it took her years to save up for it and like some huge amount of money as well. And then it took her years and years and years and thousands of dollars to renovate this house. And somewhere along the way, she realized that this house wasn't really what she wanted at all, but she had gotten so invested in the initial decision that she found herself kind of stuck and going along this pathway, right? And eventually, she plucked up the courage to call off the builders, stop the renovating, and sell the damn house back, having never lived in it. And I remember thinking about that at the time, like, oh my God, man, all that effort and time feels like such a waste. But it's, it's not really a waste if it isn't what you want in life, right? Like, think about this for a minute. How often do we keep going along a path of a decision because we think we can't change our minds? How often do we think, well, can change now, already decided? You know, I think people end up in marriages they don't want to be in, in jobs they don't want to be in, in life situations they don't want to be in, because they think, well, I made this decision, I'm stuck with it now. Now, obviously, you can't unhave children and you can't un several things. But the truth of it is, like the vast majority of the time, you can change your mind as often as you need or want to. Now, it's not to say that reversing our choices or making new choices will be easy or simple, right? In the case of ordering in a restaurant, like that's pretty easy to do, although you might be a little bit embarrassed doing that in front of like a date or something. The truth is that one's not that hard. Other times, in order to reverse our decisions or make new ones, we're going to have to upset or inconvenience other people. Maybe it's going to cost us some money. Maybe it will come at a great emotional cost. But the key here is to remember that you can change your decisions. 
very, very few things are absolute and nothing has as much impact as you think it will. And even if it does have as much impact as you think it will, again, you are in charge here. You can change tactics if you need to. If the dream house is not your dream house, sell it. If the car that you worked for for 20 years isn't what you want, sell it. If the relationship you're in isn't the one you're wanting to be in, either work to improve it, get out, or work on accepting that you're stuck in there. But the point I'm trying to make here is that we think that individual decisions make up the quality of our lives. In reality, it's never an individual decision. It's a whole series of them. And along that road, you have the power to choose different. You have the power to choose new. You have the power to say, you know what? I changed my mind here. That isn't what I'm after. That isn't what I'm interested in. Not so happy with this, right? Interestingly, I spoke to somebody about this recently where they were talking about um, moving countries. And I sort of said, you know, you can move back, right? And it's funny. I I don't think in a decision that big is moving countries we think about that i don't think we realize that if this doesn't work we can get up and move back like there's nothing stopping us that now would it be easy to pick up your life a second time and move back no would it be cheap probably not but the point is that it's possible so i've become a good decision maker in part because i've realized my decisions don't carry as much weight as i think they will and that at any given time i have the opportunity to unmake that decision or choose differently and get started on a new path altogether. Doesn't mean that you wasted time or money going down a certain path. Nah, maybe, but I wouldn't consider that a waste. I consider that a lesson. The second thing that's helped me become a really good and fast decision maker is having absolute faith in myself that I can figure stuff out. Again, not necessarily going to be tidy or perfect, but I simply have an unwavering belief that I can figure stuff out. The truth is I've made it through my life until now, right? I'm still here enough that I can record this podcast. And I've been able to handle a whole lot of stuff that life has thrown at me, stuff that I could anticipate, plenty of things I couldn't anticipate. And so there's no reason to believe that that won't be true forever, there's a very simple expression that, I, that I've heard that I quite like, which is like my track record for surviving things so far is 100%. So that's pretty good odds, you know? There's an American business coach and business educator named Marie Forleo, and she puts this in a different way. The phrase that she uses is everything is figure outable. And I love that expression because pretty much it is. I'm not going to say 100% of the time. I don't believe in absolutes, but the major- I'm going to change it slightly to say the majority of things are figure outable. You know, at the very least, time is going to pass and something's going to happen, even if it's not the something that you wanted or you intend to happen. The very nature of human life is that things are ever changing. Situations outside of your control are ever changing, which have an impact on your life. As I said earlier, you know, choosing to do nothing is also a choice. It's choosing to do nothing, right? However, in the world we live in today, doing nothing will eventually bring you up against the wall of other people having made decisions, right? 
rarely is there every ever a decision in your life will just which just exists in a vacuum, right? At some point, something or someone is going to happen to change the trajectory of that choice. What matters here is whether you want to be in control of what happens or if you want others to be in control of what happens. This is about the ownership of your life, right? Now, part of why I like the idea of thinking of everything or almost everything as being figure outable is because it helps me get unstuck mentally. When I'm running around in my head in circles, when I'm feeling kind of sorry for myself about something, when I'm feeling really stressed out about something, when I'm just feeling stuck, it can be really, really easy to fall into the, well, this just sucks mentality. And unfortunately, that mentality ultimately doesn't do anything for you and doesn't do anything for the problem. Except maybe it delays you solving it or it delays you learning to accept it and move on. Now, I'm not saying don't feel the feels because I think you should, but I think you also need to recognize that this thing is figure outable. Even if not by you alone, it's figure outable just as a general concept. And that makes it a whole lot less concrete of a problem. Similarly, knowing that you can figure stuff out then makes decision making easier, right? Whatever decision make you're trying to make, if it sucks, you're going to be able to figure out how to find a way through it because everything is figure outable. So again, for me, when I'm trying to learn how to make decisions, I just remind myself that there's a difference here. There's a difference between feeling like I'm facing a brick wall and I simply cannot get through it and realizing that if I look hard enough at that brick wall, I might find that one loose brick, which means I can make a hole in that wall and shine a little light through. You know, in order to find that loose brick, I might have to do something painful. I might have to do something expensive. I might have to do something unpleasant, like disappointing a whole lot of other people or irritating a whole lot of people, which is not easy to do. But the point is that the situation itself is not helpless. It's figure outable, even if it feels helpless, right? Many years after I learned that concept of everything is figure outable, I re-established contact with an old boyfriend from college. It was, it, it's a very interesting story behind that one, and maybe someday I'll, I'll share that with you. But in any case, we re-established contact. This is not that long ago, actually. And we discovered that our lives had gone in vastly, vastly different directions. He had uh, lived and traveled through several states and careers. Uh, I'd left the country and I also went on to very varied careers. We had both lived very full and rather interesting lives to get us to where we were. And one night we had a really long conversation, one of those like getting to know you again conversations, the kind which kind of bizarrely ranged from like surface small talk, like, oh, so do you still like ska music? To kind of slightly more personal questions like, so did you end up getting married? <laughs> Are you single kind of stuff? And I remember one of the questions I asked was, do you have any tattoos? Now, why this question came up, I don't know, since I don't like tattoos generally speaking i can appreciate the artistry but i just not for me kind of thing <laughs> and as it happens he told me that he was in Cree, and i said okay well if you got a tattoo what would it say and he said oh I, i've known this for a really long time if i were to get a tattoo i would put the the, the letters i f i o on the inside of my wrist 
And I was like, I-F-I-O, what, what does that even mean? So I said, what do, what do those letters stand for? And he said, I-F-I-O is short for I'll figure it out. I-F-I-O, I'll figure it out. Because over the course of his life, he learned that no matter how hard the experience he was living was, somehow he still managed to figure it out. And he went on to say that although he was not religious by any means, he staked his belief in the idea that no matter what life threw at him, he'd somehow figure it out. And he also knew that the solution might not come easy, it might not feel good, it might not be exactly what he intended or wanted. But the important part was his unwavering faith in his ability to figure it out. And the IFIO tattoo would be a reminder of this to act as like a visual reminder on those days when his faith in himself and his ability to figure it out wavered. I actually really love this. I almost love it better than everything is figure outable because everything is figure outable, while a fantastic concept, is somewhat out there in the ether. Whereas I'll figure it out is very personal. I, I'm the one who's going to figure it out. It's me. I'm taking ownership of this. I have full faith and belief, not only that something is figure outable, but that it's figure outable by me. When we're feeling lost or scared or overwhelmed or frustrated, I think we've just lost our faith and our own ability to figure stuff out. In that moment, we've simply forgotten that we've gotten this far in life, not by someone else necessarily rescuing us, but by rescuing ourselves. Not only is it figure outable, but we are the ones who can do that. I'll figure it out. Now, I might need the help of other people, but ultimately, I can figure it out. So those two concepts taken together, knowing that the decisions I make don't have as much weight as I think they are and are often reversible, and having unwavering faith that I have the ability to figure it out, have both helped to make me become a really good, fast decision maker. Those philosophies also help me out a whole lot when I can't seem to get on words with a project. When I'm feeling stuck or frustrated or annoyed, often I just think, okay, I know an answer to this exists somewhere. All I have to do is find it. And I know that if I find that answer and it's not the right one, I can change it. It's okay. That often will spur me into doing something, writing that email, picking up the phone, making that phone call, just doing something to make myself move forward. And I hope that those two ideas help you to become a great decision maker. And if it doesn't, eh, you'll figure it out. And on that note, may we be happy, may we be healthy, may we be safe, and may we be at peace with all the decisions we make. Have an amazing and awesome week, day, and life, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.